So immediately they show me this vast blue light. They always have such a blue energy. And the Arcturians feel very connected to the celestial realm. So I've worked quite a lot with a few of the Archangels and the Arcturians and their energy, energetic frequency is quite similar. So there's this sense of divine love. You got to accentuate the positive. Wow! I feel good. A little bit of feel good goes a long way. You're listening to Karen Swain, teacher of deliberate creation, accentuating the positive, showing you a way to a better life. Accentuating the positive, it's not just bad, it's sanity. Who in their right mind would accentuate anything else? Hello and welcome to another show, Accentuating the Positive with Karen Swain. Always delicious to be with you all again. Well, I have the gorgeous divine goddess. Look at this goddess I've got with me for people that are not watching the YouTube. You'll have to go and see how gorgeous she is. Jen Magenta Moon with us on the show today. Welcome, Jen. Uh, thank you so much, Karen. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. It's beautiful to have you on the show. And we're going to explore your journey and your gifts and who you are and what, what you're here to do. Let me read a little bit about Jen to, to, to introduce you to our audience. Jen Magenta Moon believes life can be celebrated with ceremonial living and love to honor the rites of passage we endure as humans on this, you know, as humans on this in this life journey. <laughs> Messed that up, didn't I? After decades working in large-scale events and the theater industry, as well as devoting her life to the esoteric spiritual practices and personal development. Jen curates exquisite, unique, sacred ceremonial experiences, creating a unique fusion of worlds and lifestyles for, the tra for transformation in her workshop, performances, and private sessions. She's a shamanic ceremonialist, ceremonialist, healer, <laughs> ritual performance artist, shamanic practitioner, and spiritual guide who recognizes herself from a starseed lineage. She's here on earth at this time to affect transformation and establish new frequencies and is recognized for her craft in providing spiritual medicine as healing. Her superpower is in helping people open up to see their inner potential, their wholeness of being and the relationship with the infinite creative power of the divine within, which leads to a life of purpose, passion and magic. You can find out more about Jen at magentamoon.com. So Jen's part of our Inner Sanctum tribe and we had her, I put her in the hot seat the other day and we had people quizzing her. And uh, there was a beautiful message that came through about Magenta Moon. Do you want to tell us, you know, how you came up with the Magenta Moon name? Mm. Oh, thank you for that beautiful introduction. It's so nice to hear someone else read those words and I got like the waves of energy flushing over me which is is kind of like truth bumps I like to call them so it's nice because it reaffirms for me that that mission that I feel I'm here to do um Jen Magenta Moon how did I get that Magenta came to me in a dream and I loved that the word or the, the sound Jen was within the word and so I changed the G to a J and magenta moon, moon feels uh, very cyclic in its nature. And um, when we were watching that beautiful eclipse, um, super full moon the other night, I was just thinking how magical it was to be able to see another planet, another body, a planetary body in the sky and how special that is for us. So I work with my cycles really um, intently and consciously. And so... I think that the name was created well before I really understood the depth of it. And one of the beautiful Inner Sanctum tribe channeled a message around it being um, part of a connection to Uluru and the elders there, and that I'm here to help perpetuate a, a wisdom keeping, I guess is the best way I've taken that message in. And um, that's why I'm here in Australia. And I was saying that I felt so drawn to go to Uluru and it's part of my plan to go there for my 40th birthday on a bit of a, a solo pilgrimage this year. 
Ah, beautiful. You know, it's so interesting as we uh, awaken to the galactic teachings and the galactic frequencies and the multidimensional energies that are on offer at this time on planet Earth, we also see that they're really ancient. It's kind of, we used to think of them as futuristic and new, but they're really ancient. And the indigenous have known this forever. You know, it's probably why you've been drawn to Uluru. The indigenous have been in contact with the star people or the star nation people and other dimensions you know, the um, Aboriginal, the original people of Australia, the Indigenous Australians call it the dreaming time, uh, which just is contacting other dimensions, really. But how did you awaken to your knowing that you were here uh, to affect change? Like you weren't like there wasn't a normal life uh, in front of you. You were here to do something else. How did that come about in your life? Well, from uh, the time I was born, I was born into, I guess I like to call it a witchy poo family. <laughs> the matriarchal line has a lot of um, intuitives, psychics, and um, I, yeah, especially my mom and my grandmother, I guess I was most exposed to them. And, you know, all my journals as a child, I remember writing, Dear Higher Spirit. So again, all of this seeding was done before I kind of had a, a bit of a conscious awareness of what I was doing. It was just so natural. And when I fell into the shamanic work, I realized how much I'd already be doing that my whole life, doing little ceremonies and, and rituals for myself and talking to spirit and, you know, inviting my guide team in. But I spent a lot of years like wanting more, hungry for more. And uh, it was, I think, in 2015 that I, I went through a energy healing um, series with uh, a friend who was a practitioner of the work, and it perpetuated me into my dark night of the soul. It really just broke apart all the aspects of myself that I thought made me me, that I thought was who I should identify as. And when those parts of you break away and you realise that's not actually who you are. It's that reassembling of self. But instead of wanting to just fill that void space with the distractions or the people or the boys or the partying that I might have once done, I just sat in that emptiness and sat in that void space waiting, I guess, for the, the wisdom to fall into me of what actually was needed here. And from that space, it, it feels like the, there was an acceleration over the last six years of different teachers falling into my lap. I find that different books and different people that I come across serve as activators. And what I'm being told through my guides is that a lot of us have these, I guess, codes, you could say, installed within our beings, in our energy bodies, in our DNA. And different things and different circumstances and different people will help to activate those during your lifetime when you're ready. So I guess I was ready and I had, um, I left the life that I'd known and I moved away from living in Sydney for 12 years down to a really rural area where I was surrounded by the land. And it really, I feel like it called to me and it was part of my teaching um, to really start communicating with the earth spirits. Um, I often get called to places without knowing why or where I'm going. I'll just get a vision of that or I'll see a map and it's like I'm supposed to go there. And I find those will activate things within me. I uh, would hear someone's name and know that I needed to talk to that person or go and find their work online. So Dolores Cannon was a really big activator for me when I started looking at all her um, three waves of volunteers um, information and I remember that night just tears and tears of recognition and remembrance and memories flooding in and that night going to sleep and it was like my being went off planet it's like I went away for about five days I felt like I was in this cloud space and then when it came back there was just a new aspect of me here, new aspects of my soul ready to step forward and do the work. But it wasn't easy at all. Like there was so much, am I crazy? Is this really happening? Like what's going on? But it, those were catalysts. Those perpetuated me to 
find out more, learn more, go within more. And um, after the Dolores Cannon work happened after I'd done a year long uh, course with the Shamanic School of Womancraft. And through that, I really learned to speak to spirit, use ceremony, um, connect to myself, understand my cycles, understand what the lineage of my family was kind of bringing up for me. And so I learned to shamanic journey in that time as well. And at the time, it was always through shamanic drum journey. So using a medicine drum, using the beat of a drum to alter the state of consciousness that we're in to then access the shamanic realm or spirit realm, or I even like to call it the quantum field. You know, we're accessing that space where there is infinite potential to gain information. Um, so after the Dolores Cannon work, I was taken overseas on a work journey and I found myself in uh, Abu Dhabi and in a very um, patriarchal masculine society and on a job that was just extremely taxing physically, emotionally, mentally, and at the same time going through this huge spiritual next level awakening and it was like, all right, I need to understand what's going on. I'm going to take myself on shamanic journeys. So I used meditation and found a new avenue to go in and receive so much information, meet more guides, come back with um, new levels of, I guess, code activations and wisdom, which then perpetuated me to be able to do this for clients and take people through journeys, which is just one of my joys. I absolutely love it. So like many people who are awakening, it came from a dark night of the soul. And uh, it's, it's not easy sort of recognizing yourself as a starseed. Do, do you want to tell people what you think a starseed is? Like, like you said that you really cried when you um, read Dolores Cannon's version of the three waves of volunteers. I have to say Susie Hansen, who is a dual soul from her um, galactic lineage, she brought through that information and Dolores made it famous. <laughs> and Susie's kind of like, right, that's my information. But Susie's, Susie's explanation of the three waves is, is, is so much more comprehensive. I've had her on the show talking about it. But Dolores just got it out there to like hundreds of thousands of people, you know, just got it out there to the starseeds that are here. They know they're here as part of the shift and they recognize themselves as not, they're not like their girlfriends that they went to school with or their friends or their family. They're, they know they're here to affect change and they don't have the same desires. They don't want to get married and have two kids and have a mortgage and, they, and you know, go to university and build the career. They just have different desires and, I know that you've experienced that too, feeling sort of outside the mainstream box, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, one of the first things I ever came across was Starseed Radio Academy, which uh -huh. is a um, podcast from the States. And so that was the first. They um, Lavendar is one of the hosts and she is claiming that she actually coined the, the seed, uh, coined the term Starseed. Okay. So I felt that, but it wasn't until I watched Dolores' stuff that it, it made sense why I've never even come close to getting married or didn't have any desire to have children, right. that I've had that kind of spiritual esoteric thing about me my whole life that, you know, all my friends were like, oh, Jen, <laughs> when yeah. I'd start talking about things about energy or you know law of attraction and yeah I didn't actually know it it was just so it it was what I knew in me so it was um yeah it's it was like a relief you know I I wasn't alone the, the other people out there that are that are starseeds as well mm. and um being introduced to Aaron Adkey's law of one stuff through you and hearing more about it as a wanderer perspective and yeah. where which density we come from, that's even great, created another level of understanding and inner knowing of going, okay, I get it. And yeah, coming back to assist. Like I feel like I heard this pulse from Mother Earth saying, hey, we need help. And when we look at 
the shift that humanity, that the planet has changed through around the 2012 time to elevate in frequency, that we needed enough um, beings on the planet with a high frequency to help that us to get over that level and to shift with the, the majority being in that high frequency. So I feel like I've come to be a part of that as many of us have. Yeah. And that there's always just been this, I want to help raise consciousness. And for so long, I was working in, you know, normal jobs, chasing a normal career. I worked in the event management industry forever and um, was really um, loved performing arts my whole life. But it's like I've finally found a way to merge all of the experience and background and love and skills in a way that feels good and nourishing for me and that I can be of most service. Mm. But I know that period of time when we're before that, when we're still stuck in the, the 3D paradigm stuff of I'm, I'm supposed to do this, society tells me that or my family tells me expects this of me. Mm. And it can be really tough to break through so that Dolores Cannon time was in that transition of I have to move into this full time. I have to be doing this spiritual work full time. Otherwise, my soul will be sick and be yeah. screaming at me. So and I'd yeah. been screaming at me for many years, but it's like, OK. And I think we we're talking the other day about pain being the reason to change. It's like now changing that to going, no, I know I feel the change that I need to make and take without waiting for the pain to, to kick me up the bottom. Right, yeah. Yeah, with many starseeds that I've spoken to, first they have to understand what it is to be human. And so they're going to pick families and, and they have to understand the challenges that humanity is facing as we try and shift into an, a new way of living. They have to understand what's the old way of living, like what are the ideas that people have? What do they believe? Uh, you know, they believe they're not good enough. They believe they're stuck. They, you know, they believe all this bogus stuff. And I tell you what, I explored I'm not good enough and I'm unworthy. Like I was an expert in that one. <laughs> I explored that for years. But you have to really understand it in order to, to help transmute it. And um, But there's always this knowing that you're not the same as everybody else. You're not here with the same. I won't say you're not the same because we all come from the one source, but you don't have the same desires. They're different desires, right? There are other people that like, I want to, you know, get the good job, get the great house, have the great holidays. And they, they have these like material desires and you've got other desires going on. So how did you reconcile you know, those different desires with the, like your family and your friends? Well, luckily I've, I've got a mum who has just supported me the whole way. And I really, I didn't realize how unusual that was and how many people didn't have healthy relationships with their parental figures right. until I did the shamanic training. Cause it really dives into that and does a lot of healing. So to have that support has been instrumental in bringing me to where I am, but the, it's more to do with my sense of own expectations. Oh, that everyone else is doing that. And shouldn't I have this by now? And that story of unworthiness and not lovable and I'm not valuable enough. It plays out and you think you've healed it to a level and you kind of go, yes, I'm there. And then something else comes in to remind you it's the onion layers peeling back. And I think there's, I don't know, Dolores Cannon talks about the three waves of volunteers as, as they haven't been to earth before. And I think many different humans are going to have starseed aspects because some have only been in earth school for incarnation after incarnation and some are directly from different starseed systems to come and be of assistance. And I feel like I hadn't been here before and I was told that well before the Dolores Cannon um, activation and it was a it was a bit of a hard pill to swallow as well to go well why not <laughs> and what does that mean and I don't know it's been a very interesting journey to work with the ego as well to not let it get carried away in being like a spiritual ego of like, wow, well, you know, I haven't been here before. And obviously I've come here. It's like, I'm just the same as everyone else. As you said, we're all here from that source aspect. We've all got to learn the, the, 
the rigmarole of humanness, of the, the emotional body that dictates everything, that our thoughts create our reality. And as I learn from that, then I can hopefully help others to learn and, and expedite their journey and come back into their heart and their selves. And I don't know, that's what I feel like if, as I'm going through my hard stuff, I can then help someone else. And that's the ripple effect. If we can all take that on a little bit, knowing that the stuff we go through can maybe potentially help someone else, then our world's going to be a much better place. Absolutely, darling one. Absolutely. So tell me, how do you feel like your shamanic roots, like your shamanic practices, dovetails with your galactic lineage? I love shamanism for how earthy it feels. Mm -hmm. And I remember in my early 20s coming across more kind of spiritual people and so many of them felt up in the astral plane like all of the time. Mm -hmm. And I remember being like, I don't like that. Mm -hmm. I want to get my feet dirty. And so learning shamanism really made me understand the connection between Mother Earth and spirit and shamans are the bridge between the physical and the spiritual so for me doing the earth practices and connecting in is absolutely paramount to having a successful spiritual relationship Mm. to be able to anchor into this physical body to be healthy in this physical body Mm. because we can get very sideswiped and um in our it's so nice up there like it is so (laughs) beautiful and loving and high frequency in those spiritual dimensions and when we're dealing with the spiritual dynamics and speaking with guides that we kind of sometimes want to check out and I know I've got to those places before I'm just going I know how good it is on the other side and I just don't want to do this anymore right because it can be dense but that's the point like that's the we're here to evolve through this density right? to oh, expand in our energy and essence so that we can then move up into those spiritual planes. We'll get there, but that's the point of this. We're not here to escape it. We're here to experience it and learn from it and grow from it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well said. Yes, absolutely well said. And I think that the shamanic practices, you know, they're just, they're an honor. They're an honor to Gaia, really. They're an honor to the Earth, and and so many starseeds I've spoken to said I heard the call from Gaia. So it was her herself that said, "Can you come? Can mm. you come and be? A, can you help?" And yeah. uh, so many have said that. So the shamanic practices, yeah, it grounds the sort of the starseed, <laughs> the galactic hitchhiker <laughs> from the galaxy. <laughs> That's exactly how it feels. Yeah. It's like. Uh, a beacon got sent out and for those that heard the beacon and and wanted to respond they arrived but they had to come through human vessel and they had to come through the veil of forgetfulness yep part of their expansion to come here and go all right let's see what i can remember that's the ride here on earth you got to forget unless you don't there are a few that don't Mm. there are a few that don't it's not like they don't it's not like they have it all in place but they have more awareness of intuitive psychic abilities. Like I had Janine on the show a couple of weeks ago who, um, yeah, she was open. Like she didn't have an opening. She didn't have a DNA activation. She was just already open and stayed open. Like it didn't close down as she went through puberty like so many of us go through. Uh, so she was she was saying that like at six or something, her mother would say, can you set the table for dinner? And she'd say, well, how many should I set it for? And her mother would go, God, I tell you this all the time. There's only four of us, but she would see all the ancestors in the room. Are you here for dinner? <laughs> That's awesome. I, I thought that was hilarious. So, yeah, she had that awareness that most people don't have, you know, like all the ancestors. And If we could just cultivate that in more children, and I think we're right. beginning to, but I think there's some parents out there that get very scared when kids start talking about past lives and three-year-olds mm-hmm. Having full memories and oh, you know, when I used to be that person. Yeah. And when I used to be your grandfather. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. 
my daughter and I had a had a funny. I remember she was about five. I put her in the car, and she put her seatbelt on. She looked up at me. And she goes, "Put your seatbelt on, Mum." And I said, "Listen, kid, I'm the mother in this lifetime." And she's like, "No, no, I'm the mother." And she sort of had that motherly instinct to sort of tell me what to do at five. And I just was having that sort of, "Ooh, you know, we've obviously played different roles in one in some life." Uh, yeah, but she did have that remembrance. Um, it was funny, this little five-year-old arguing with me. No, nope, I'm the mother. I'm the mother. <laughs> That's gorgeous. <laughs> it's cute, isn't it? <laughs> so when did your galactic mob introduce themselves to you? When did you start tapping into your guides? That happened at the beginning of the shamanic school training. When I was, went on the very first day, they took us on three jump journeys back to back. And the first one was meant to meet our power animals. The next was to meet our inner shaman. And the third was to meet our guides. So I first met my two of the first guides. And since then, there's a huge mob, as you like to call them. And some have been there from the beginning. And I think have been there since I was born. But others come in for different times, for different things. So I'm always learning new things. And as I evolve and change, they kind of go, right, my shift's over and the next one comes in. So I was sharing with you earlier that I did a meditation this morning and got introduced to five of them to really discern their energy now. And so that when I'm working, I can talk to specific guides when I know that they'll be able to help with specific things. Because it's not Jen who's working as a spiritual a shamanic practitioner it's I'm being the the bridge to help these guides work with the client's guides and facilitate whatever they need for them so the clearer I can get on whom I'm working with and what they can do the less it, ta- it taxes me as a person as, as just Jen yeah absolutely perfect yeah that's how I feel as well so is there anything else you want to say to people that maybe on their spiritual awakening journey? I want to, I, I want to bring in the guides. I want to like, okay. <laughs> it's a, it's, before we it, bring in the guides. It's a journey and not a destination. And I think many of us are trying to get to somewhere for it to, to make sense. And as I said earlier, that hunger I had just made me drink in books and and YouTube tutorials and find teachers and seek out different healers. And I feel that a, a daily practice of some description where you can go within and find stillness allows them to come in and communicate. And communication doesn't necessarily mean it's like picking up the phone and having a conversation. It's you might hear voices in your head. You might feel sensations in your body or get a song pop up in your head or have synchronicities in your day. It's about learning the language of spirit. And once we start to decipher what that means for each of us individually, all of a sudden, everything around us is communication and you can start reading your life like a book and it just shifts everything. It really um, expediates that kind of spiritual journey because you're, you're open and you're actually looking for the messages. Yeah, that's so interesting. The more you connect with your spiritual guidance, the more connected you feel to everybody else. I know that with so many starseeds, you know, awakening, it is that one common denominator where they feel different to other people. And many of them carry that into their work and feeling different and separate to the human population it's not going to help you help them (laughs) it's just not this is not so it's it's so interesting when you have that communion and relationship with your mob with your guides you never feel alone and you never feel abandoned so the differentness can make you feel abandoned I feel abandoned by my family I feel abandoned by my friends they don't really want to hang out with me because I'm so different so you can sort of buy into that abandonedness but when you have that relationship that intimate relationship with your guides you never feel alone or abandoned and in that feeling of feeling like you belong like I belong to the cosmos I belong to the universe city not just the city city the university in that energy of belonging you can belong anywhere with anyone at any time like you Mm. can 
go to your school reunions and you can hang out with your crazy family and you can feel one with them you know yeah it's uh, it's an interesting juxtaposition it really is because you're sort of stepping from that human space of like I don't fit in with those or the I'm not worthy, I'm not valuable story making you feel like you'll be abandoned to then stepping into that spiritual. But you want to bring those guides into this life and into this grounding so that that experience is easier. You're not escaping from that. You're helping them come in to help you with that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, I was sharing with you earlier that I woke up this morning, I'd had a dream that someone had rung me and said, uh, you know, a girlfriend that I went to school with had died. And so I went straight onto Facebook. Is she still alive? <laughs> she's apparently, she appears to be still alive. But what I saw was that a whole group of them have got, had got together and they'd gone away and had a girl and had a girly adventure together. And it was a few years ago that they decided I was too woo-woo for them and they didn't want to hang around with me. And so I'm looking at them all being away together and excluding me and I'm thinking, Hmm. So the very thing that we're talking about, I experienced this morning. Okay, how am I going to feel about this? And then I went back to that. Uh, I don't need to be included in their story because I've got another story to live. You know, mm. I've got another story to live. I've got I've got things to do that they're not going to do on this planet. They're going to drink wine and go out and party together and have a good time. But I've got other stuff to do. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah, that abandonment feeling. We've got to get over that. All right, let's bring in the guides. Okay. <laughs> so who, who is your main guide that sort of helps you help others? So the one that likes to speak the most um, calls themselves Silentia and they are a social memory complex. If we're going to go by Ra's language, it's, it's a group of beings um, that reside on Arcturus which is another star system. And I started connecting to my Arcturian kind of lineage and have since kind of got the information that um, my soul's most recent lineage would have been all through Arcturus and that I've come here to to help with seeding that energy here. So they're the ones that often come through to chat uh, when I'm doing this kind of work. Can I have a chat with them? I've got questions to ask them. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So I think Jen, anyway, I'm not going to tell you how you do it, but I think Jen and I, we sort of work the same way. We're not in trance channel. We've just got them on tap online. And we just speak as, you just speak as Jen. You're not going to go into some. Well, sometimes they they like to speak and they'll kind of let me know. Um, Other times they're showing me things. And as I speak it, it starts to make sense. So we're we're working in collaboration. The best way I can put it. It works with the shamanic journeying. Yeah. because they're showing me things and I'm very, very visual. So let's go for it. Let's go for it. Okay. You ready? i got questions. So I'd like to know what the Arcturian energy is exactly and how it's helping humanity at this time. Like what is the Arcturian energy bringing to earth? Mm, okay. So immediately they show me this vast blue light. They always have such a blue energy. And the Arcturians feel very connected to the celestial realm. So I've worked quite a lot with a few of the Archangels and the Arcturians and their energy, energetic frequency is quite similar. So there's this sense of divine love this kind of seeding and they're showing me this seed kind of coming down from Arcturus and being planted into the middle of the earth and as that seed grows and grows out it's we call it an energetic seed it comes out and infuses the different beings that that have some Arcturian starseed lineage within them as these codes are awakened and this energetic frequency is amplified within each person their ability to do what they've come here to do is heightened so they're showing me it's it looks like this mechanical grid almost like a um a computer chip with all the parts connecting it's sort of showing me that when each part is connected the chip or the 
the mechanical device or the being as a whole works, works. So they're reminding me of when I was taken through a quantum healing hypnotherapy session that they activated all these particular coatings within my organs and that this is that same effect. So they're here at the moment to help activate those codes within various beings within the planet. For as they are all switched on, let's say, then the being as a total, the energetic frequency, the vibration of them is turned on, switched on, heightened, the volume is up. So their frequency emanates around them. This then activates other people's coding. And the coding within them may or may not be Arcturian. It is more that each person on the planet has different codings within them that can be switched on. And as we've moved from a third density into a fourth density, which means a higher vibration of consciousness, each being needs for their physical selves, their mental, emotional, and spiritual selves to raise in this frequency to be able to match with the frequency of the planet. So the Arcturian energy is here to assist in that at this time. So it sounds like they've got um, something to do with the DNA activation. Um, you're saying the codes, it's, it's kind of like we're remembering, they're expanding our psychic abilities, sort of like, so we're coming into the remembering of who we are as multidimensional beings. Is that, is that what they're saying? Mm, yeah. yeah. It, the codes kind of, how do I, okay, I'm going to ask them. I'm like, how do I explain the codes? The codes are places of light, of energy that are spinning in, in their own time and space. When they are activated, it is like turning on a machine or turning on a light. It is bright. It is open. It starts to, to work. And a code it's like a light code. Light codes are seeded from the beginning of humanity, the beginning of consciousness within humanity. And the codes are passed up through DNA of the human bodies, but also through soul DNA, through starseed DNA. And different codes will be present for different people. Different people carry different levels of codes. As they're turned on, it's like they can access new levels of wisdom from their soul, from their DNA, and this will enhance their all their abilities, all their senses. Their energetic senses will naturally heighten as a result of these codes being activated and switched on. Mm, beautiful. So... Jen said that it's like a social memory complex, which is the wording from the law of one, which I love. Cause when I heard that, cause you know, I call my mob, the mob very irreverently uh, cause they showed me who they are too. And it's almost too hard to even put into human language, into English language, but social memory complex was another like, Oh yeah, that sounds good. I liked that too. So I know you're speaking to a stream of consciousness rather than, you know, some, et on another planet but anyway i'm going to ask this question anyway and arcturus is not one planet it's like a it's like a constellation isn't it it's like a universe of many planets isn't it i don't really know maybe let's let's ask them like let's yeah. let's ask them about arcturus tell me more about what arcturus is there we go well immediately they're showing me a, a constellation like all these several planets and in the past when i've asked about who I am in relation to Arcturian people and what, what my life's were there. They did show me these different places and there's, it's almost like some planets are for like the Royal family, for example, others are for the, um, the councils that are there. Others are for the citizens, as you might say. 
So the Arcturians were part of the seeding here on planet Earth when the first codes of consciousness were brought in. And some have laid dormant for a long time. There was a bringing through of information um, through the ancient Egyptian times, the Atlantean times, and some of them needed to be not eliminated, but made to be dormant um, until humanity was ready for this next level of consciousness. So that has been starting to turn up and turn on from around the 1980s. Right. And um, they're such a loving species. They have such a beautiful divine energy about them. And whenever they show themselves to me, I see them in so many different forms. And so when I feel into a social memory complex, it kind of looks like a, a huge brain or, you know, one of those electricity balls that mm-hmm. has all the, you know, it's sort of that feeling of a massive consciousness. So they don't necessarily need to have physical forms. So yeah. that's why they kind of show me different things depending on what they're communicating. Yeah. Um, and I shared with you this morning that they came through and it's like my solar plexus just charged. And I went, wow, this feels like a superhero energy. Like, who yeah. are you? <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, as you're speaking about them, that color behind you. So for people listening on audio, you have to go check out the YouTube, but Jen has this beautiful mural behind you of a forest, but the colors are blue and green mm. and purple. Like those colors are really speaking to me about their energy in some way. Like totally. I feel like the colors behind you really represent them. And it's interesting. Well, I can feel like, my whole team standing up around yeah, me. So it's almost like, like the, the trees, trees are like yeah. all of them there. Yeah, no wonder yeah. I've loved this. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So that was one of the questions. Did they have physical form? I think they used to, but they're more, they've evolved into more light bodies nowadays. Mm. Um, Is earth the only place that they're like focused on? Mm, Good question. they're sort of showing me earth and then showing me this arc of expansion going back and there's different planetary systems. So they are in collaboration with many different places. Their, their density is very high. Uh, I'm guessing, well, they're telling me sixth, seventh, but there's aspects of them that are beyond that. And so their capacity to work on a multi-layered level is easy. Um, but they want, they, it's almost like earth feels so lit up and everything else feels very kind of muted and shadowed. It's like, don't even worry about that. Just it's about earth right now. So they're very present and it's that feeling of, we want you to know that we're here for you and that we are here to support And they're saying, please call them in and start speaking to them because that's when they can start to be of assistance. They very much honour free will and would like more people to be um, opening up to the codes that can be activated within them. Yeah, well, you've totally read my mind because that was the next question. (laughs) How can people... connect and communicate with them if they feel like well they read they read your mind (laughs) well they read my mind you them or one yeah 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 so just call them in if you feel like this uh, resonates with you just call them in and they'll be there they'll be there listen lots of different people kind of there's you know it's a group that kind of connects to the pleiadians and there's a group that connects to the syrians and I'd never really even heard of Arcturus before I was taken through a a soul reading session by a friend and she was getting me to channel and she's like, who have we got here? And I went Arcturus and I'm like, is that their name? She goes, oh, thank you. And what's your name? They said Silentia. And I'm like, I thought that was their name. And so it was interesting to, to be introduced that way and form the relationship since then i love them they're a part they're a big part of my mob as well um yeah they're they're just reminding me of the galactic federation of planets that um Mm. you know they're working 
uh, they're working together. It would be like the United Nations. It would be like all the countries working together for the benefit of the cosmos and the universe. It's, mm. it's kind of like beyond Earth, but Earth is a focus, as you say, because we're here focused mm. in Earth. So focus mm. here. Keep your focus here. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And as you're speaking, I'm getting these blue lights like blinking all over the place. They're sort of going, hi. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they they speak to me often about the Universal High Council and there's members of us that have been sent as ground agents. Mm -hmm. And so that's how I've felt one of my roles is, is that I'm here to bring that information from that Universal High Council to try and be of assistance. But it doesn't make me more special than anyone else. Like there's many people that can connect to so many forms of guides and spirits and and star seeds and um yeah it's like let's let's awaken that that's perfect you know because uh i've not really shared this on the show i've been doing this shows for so many years but i shared it on someone's show that interviewed me recently it hasn't come out yet but my guide said to me that i sit on the council who oversee the light workers like the the volunteers that have come like i oversee them so the fact that I've been presenting and putting on workshops and showcasing new old teachers is kind of like, oh, door, that makes sense. Um, they said, yeah, that I sit on the council overseeing, but they said, you know, sitting on a council is like any council member that works in an, any, you know, local government here. It's not special. You're not special. It's just a job. It's just a job that you're doing. You're sitting on a council. So you're in cahoots with other people mm. and you're focused on a task. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. But I think that yeah. when we say, you know, sitting on the Galactic Federation Council, we kind of make people special. Um, just yeah. yeah. It's not something I've ever said publicly either. And I think I'm go. so comfortable with you, Karen, that I'm like, <laughs> we're just chatting. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But for other people that are sitting on councils as well, it's like there's not one council that oversees the Galactic Federation. There's not one council that oversees this world. There's many, just like we have many councils uh on earth there's many in the cosmos and they have different agendas you know different uh different focuses different agendas and my council is like taking care of all the star seeds and light workers and the new world teachers uh in the way i can and there are probably many more people exactly like me doing the same thing yeah so yeah and there has to be there has to be so many of us doing this to seed this like that that explanation they gave of the, how the Arcturian energy worked, like that's new for me when they just told it. It was like, oh, yeah. that's really beautiful. Yeah, yeah. And that's it. We've all got to play our role so that it, it spreads and that this consciousness raises. Right. Uh, I love it. Yeah, it's a job. We've all got a job. <laughs> We've been given our marching orders from the university. You know, I got that phrase from, um, oh God, I've gone blank on her name. Beautiful in her 90s. She was on the show. Valerie, Valerie Barrow. She said, I didn't go to university. I went to the university. city. And I'm like, Valerie, I love that. Can I use that? So I use it all the time, you know, yeah. to the university. All right. What else do we want to ask the Arcturians? Hmm. So uh, what aspect of the human psyche do they work with? Like, are they working with our minds? Are they working with the emotion? Are they working with the body? Are they working with the relationship? Like, what are they? Is there something specific? Is it it all-encompassing? Let's kind of like just hone Mm. it down and see... What they've got well, the say. first thing they said was it's heart. So it's it's centered within the central space within our beings that when that is activated, it activates everything else. That when we turn on that heart chakra or the green ray, it will shift us from that purely physical experience of life into the capacity to open up spiritually so we are in that bridging point at the moment and they're here to serve that so there is so much inner work that needs to be done by the majority of the human race that we need to look within and face those things that we deem shadows that look at those core aspects of selves that may feel like they need healing And that when we shine light on those, we stop them being in shadow. And we, shining light is shining awareness, shining um, energy, 
and that assists us to raising consciousness. So one of their major missions is to assist us to open our hearts because when we close it, we trap that those shadow aspects, those darker aspects within us. Part of a dark night of the soul is when we open that up and that darkness comes out for us to see. It's not like it's new. It's always been there, but we're finally seeing it and we're working through it. By activating that, it then can trigger the light between the throat chakra, the third eye and the crown to open up and allow us to work with our psychic abilities, our um, ability to uh, use our empathy and our intuition and discern what energetic frequencies are around us that we can work with. Yeah, this this showing me the mental and the, the physical, but it's all part and parcel together. But the core is that heart, that heart space. Beautiful. Yeah. The toroidal energy of the heart. Yeah. We have to remember that when we're communicating with the cosmos, that's the vortex through which we must enter because we can get a bit too mental sometimes. And then, yeah, yeah. Yeah, beautiful. Okay, what else do I want to ask them? As I was, I had some other questions, but I got so into what you were saying, I forgot. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What else do I want to ask them? Yeah, I think I've run out of questions. (laughs) Have you got any questions for them, Jen? Well, I keep being reminded of something I did a few years ago that really um, shifted what was happening. And it was a suggestion from... um, my teacher from the shamanic school when I was going through a bit of a hard time after the school had finished and I was buffering up against trying to to speak what I felt and believed in and getting some negative responses and one of the things I did was uh, a ceremony on um, dedicating my life to working with mother earth and spirit And I term spirit goddess, but it can be called God or source or universe. Like use whatever language people feel. But I I wrote out like, what does that mean to me? Like dedicating your life to something is a pretty big vow to make. Mm -hmm. And I really wanted to make sure I was making this, you know, of conscious mind and conscious intent. But it literally transformed everything that was before the Dolores Cannon stuff that was this turning point because I said right I'm here to do this job I'm here because Mother Earth called me I want to work in collaboration you know where it's like the triangle that we are I'm listening to you I'm listening to you I'm listening to my heart working with my guides and I want to I want to do this I don't want to get to the end of this life and think I didn't do what I was supposed to do. I didn't right. get done what I what what I came here to do. And I know so many star seeds feel that inner like calling. I'm supposed to do something, but what is it? So for me, I needed, and this was a rite of passage for myself. Mm. This this ceremony, and we might need to do other ceremonies or rituals or journaling or meditation whatever it looks like for you where you are letting go of the old a death phase and the rebirth occurs and then what are you standing for what do you believe in what's your passions you know for me it was like I need to work with spirit and I don't know how Mm -hmm. and I couldn't imagine how I would mix event management with being up on a stage with spirituality like right it just felt so in distant far corners and it's come together in in a unique expression for me and I want to encourage everyone to find out how to use all of you because that you've gone through it all for a purpose you created it your souls come here to do these things that are then going to be of service Mm. we're going to be of service to others but we have to be of service to ourselves by using all of that yeah if that makes sense yeah, I don't think there is any accidents that the work that you do in the world uh, dovetails with the spiritual work that you do in the world. It's like your soul sets all that up, right? 
<laughs> I just did so much. I fed people for a long time. I worked in the catering industry, feeding people. And I still feel like I'm feeding people. I'm still feeding people. I'm just not feeding yeah. people food. <laughs> Mind you, I had the family staying and I'm feeding people all weekend. <laughs> but see, uh, I was in hospitality for so many years yeah. and it all, it all helps. I know how to deal with every like spectrum of society and can communicate with them. And that's really important to yeah. make people feel at ease yeah, or exactly. to nourish them, you know? So, yeah. What was I going to say? I was going to say something. I can't remember. I keep losing my train of thought. I'm a bit spaced out as I'm talking to you, Jen. I think I'm feeling the Arcturians. I've got, I've got to do a shamanic process to bring me back down yeah. to earth. So <laughs> let's just ground for a moment. Calling on a grounding cord coming from your root chakra right down into the centre of the earth. Calling on Mother Earth to really hold you now, to nourish you to seed in some of that earth energy up into your body. Oh, and just take a nice deep breath in. Mm. Oh, and that way they can work with you and they're not just drawing you upwards. <laughs> yeah. That that image behind you is just perfect. The trees, you know, rooted, the purple trees, they look like purple trees. They're sort of mm. holding spiritual energy, but they're rooted to the earth. It's just perfect. And reaching up. Reaching it's, up. It's gorgeous. Oh, well, it's been just sublime hanging out with you and the Arcturians today, I have to say. I just love them. I love their energy. As I say, I'm very familiar with them, part of the mob. Uh, oh, that was a question I was going to ask. Yeah, that was a question I was going to ask. So uh, when people are calling on different aspects of source in spirit, you know, whether it be angels or guides or galactic guides, uh, what do they call on the Arcturians for? Do they call on them for healing? You know, what, what would they call on them for? Or do they call on well, the angels? Just, yeah, just like we've got every sort of person you can call on in Earth, it's the same. It's another system of people. Different Arcturians within the different social um, group complex are going to be able to assist you. So don't limit it. Uh, they're here for your expansion. They're here for your growth in consciousness. And if that looks like for you, I need help with my relationship. If that looks like for you, I've got a really sore knee and what's this telling me and what's my body doing and why can't I heal it? Or, hey, I want to get in contact with more of my guides. Like whatever it is, they can be of assistance. So and you it don't doesn't need to be limited. Yeah, and you don't necessarily have to be a starseed from that place no. they can help anyone and everyone yeah just like anyone can call on an angel and right. can call on an arcturian yeah beautiful <laughs> oh, well it's been just delicious hanging out with you in the it really has <laughs> thank thanks. you thanks so much and tell people where they can find you and what you've got going on yeah as i've probably shared throughout this beautiful experience my love of ceremony and um, that I'm a shamanic ceremonialist. So one of my joys and pleasure is putting on workshops where people can come in and, and sort of receive a shamanic activation that that's going to be traveling over the East coast of Australia over the next six to 12 months. And I'll be running some online programs where I'm teaching the foundations of ceremony and taking people through ceremonialist training so this will be a beautiful experience for someone who just wants to deepen into ceremony and um, connecting to spirit or for those practitioners out there that want to deepen the work that they are able to provide their clients. And I also offer one-on-one -on -one, um, shamanic healings and shamanic mentoring. So just get in touch, magentamoon.com, spelt with a J instead of a G and um, all my other links, social, et cetera, are through there. Beautiful. Thanks so much, beautiful one. Thanks for thank you sharing you and the and the mob with us today. My pleasure. Have a beautiful week. How wonderful was it to chat with Jen and discover more about the Arcturians and who they are and how they help us here on Earth? And yeah, I loved that. I love the Arcturians. I see them all the time. Blue lights are flashing around me all the time. 
I think to myself, who are these blue lights that I see? Could be Archangel Michael, it could be, I don't know, spirit, but I see blue orbs and blue lights flashing all the time. It's so cool. They're saying it's them as I'm telling you this, that query. Who is this blue lights? Somebody said to me, oh, it's Archangel Michael around you. And they're saying, no, it's actually more them. Uh, yeah, we were just chatting away as you do when I turn off the recording and I always say, we always have such interesting conversations after I turn the recordings off. Oh, I should have put this on the show. But we were talking about how having physical manifestation of spiritual experiences, she was saying that she had a physical manifestation of some bruises on her arm and when she looked into it, it was from a past life, something that happened in a past life that was physically showing up as a manifestation to bring up the remembrance of the the memory even though it was in a past life um, somewhere else in another planet it was still something that needed to be looked at from this perspective and I was saying yeah that's happened to me too I had a journey I helped Brandon Bays when she first started and years later she came back she does the journey work she's a journey practitioner there's many journey practitioners around the world now she came back many years later and offered for me to revisit the journey work and when the woman was doing the journey work with me, she said, what do you feel in your body? Do you have any sensation in your body? I said, yeah, I have pain in my wrists. And as I looked into that pain in my body, it took me back to a past life. And I won't tell you about it. I might tell you about it. I might tell you about it, but I won't tell you about it now. And um, yeah, it's interesting how we can have physical sensation that ignites memory of even this life or past lives or lives on in other worlds it's just fascinating i was just sharing with jen too that i was having nosebleeds for a long time uh just out of one nostril and then one day in the shower this spirit turned up this person that had been murdered had been shot in the eye i've shared this on another show uh show a show i did with michael tamora actually and he looked like a horror story and i tell you what if you weren't well well versed in this work you, you would think that you were being haunted but as soon as I looked at this face, this horrific looking scarred face with one eye missing and it was sort of scarred over, I, I felt compassion. And I said, what do you want? And he said, oh, I want your help. I want your help. I was saying to Jen that I said to him, oh, look, this is not the work I do. You need to talk to your spirit guides. They're going to help you cross over. <laughs> it's so funny. I palmed him off on somebody else. But I was just, you know, like compassionate with him and spoke to him because he was getting my attention through the nosebleeds. For weeks I was having these nosebleeds. They got steadily worse and worse and worse until they were happening a couple of times a day. And when I, as soon as I saw his injury, I realised that, it was the same as where the nose, where I was bleeding from. I was having this pain in my eye, sort of up at the top of my eye. I realised that the nosebleeds was him getting my attention. So fascinating, all this stuff. But that doesn't normally happen to me. This is not the work I do. I was saying to Jen that, you know, there are people that do that, cross people over, earthbound spirits, souls, points of consciousness. Because it's not your soul that's stuck here. It's just an aspect of your soul that um and it's not stuck here it's just a decision i think that he was looking for revenge because he'd been murdered or something i don't know what he was actually i didn't stop to chat to him but i got this sensation he was shot in the face and he was probably looking to sort out you know why that had happened to him that's why he was still on earth and he was asking me for my help and here i am having the shower in the morning saying well this isn't the work that i do <laughs> go speak to your spirit guides <laughs> classic classic Classic, I've, I've shared many times that my dead mother came to see me in the shower one day years ago when Annika was little, she was about 10, she's 30 now. So it was a while ago, 20 odd years ago. And uh, uh, it was one of the most present, visceral, physical experiences I've had with spirit ever in my life. She, I, all my sensations were activated. I could smell her. I could breathe her. I could see her. I could hear her. You know what I said? I'm busy. Call me back later. <laughs> Having one of the most profound experiences of my life. And I said, I'm busy. I've got things to do. Oh, you've got something to show me. Call me back later. It's in my book, actually, Return to Love, that experience. She came to tell me something. What did she come to tell me? You'll have to read the book. <laughs> the book's old now, I have to say. Anyway, I'm not going to yak too much more. I'm going to go and have some breakfast. Isn't Jen gorgeous? Just beautiful. 
Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful connection. Might get her back on the show. We can quiz the Arcturians more. Might do a live with her and we can get your questions and uh, we can all quiz her. What do you think? Would you like that? Would you like me to do a live with uh, the Arcturians? Hmm, that might be fun. Use the new, the new uh, StreamYard platform, which is a great platform that we're using for the High Self Expo. Uh, it allows you to stream on all different um, platforms. And when people comment, whether they comment on YouTube or comment on Facebook or any of the pages that you've, excuse me, streaming on, you see all the comments. Oh, it's so cool. I'm loving it. So, uh, yes, she talked about Aaron Abke and how he's teaching the law of, well, he's teaching lots of things. He loves his Course in Miracles, but he's skyrocketing. He's been on Jen McCarthy's show, who's um, a bit of a famous actress, and he's getting lots of attention. Anyway, I adore Aaron, and he's coming in, as I've said last time, he's coming in as our guest teacher. Hopefully he can still make it. He's such a busy dude now. I'm pretty sure he'll, he'll honour his commitment. Uh, this June, mid-June, um, to chat with us in the Inner Sanctum. So if you want to meet Aaron and quiz him, uh, yeah, meet him, quiz him. No agenda. I just, they turn up, I say hi, ask a few questions and we just, we just quiz them, really. Uh, the guest teachers that come in, share their story and what they have to share. Uh, join us. And I'm teaching all, every week with my Arcturian mob. They're a part of my mob. It's not only the Arcturians, the social memory complex. Yeah, they've told me who they are. It's vast and uh, almost impossible to explain in English. So that's, I just call them the mob. I gave them a prettier name years ago called them Blissful Beings. That was the name of my business. And they said, who do you think Blissful Beings are? When I kept saying, who are you? <laughs> they said, we're the Blissful Beings. No, they actually said, who do you think the Blissful Beings are? But they've got a lot to say about the current world circumstances and something that Garnet said in the Inner Sanctum the other day. And I'll do another, I keep promising, don't I? I'll do another show about that, uh, about what they have to say because they've been yakking away in my head and they say, please put this information out there. So I will honour my commitment to them and do that. And I'll see you soon. Thanks for listening and watching and uh, let me know your comments, what you thought, what you felt. Are you a starseed? Are you connected to your galactic mob, galactic guides? And remember, check out the book, Awakened by Death. Big love to you all. Bye for now.